Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We're always so glad to be with you. We are indeed, and we're kind of on the road. We're in Phoenix. We're, we're in Gilbert, Arizona, actually. I think we mentioned before that three of our Who'd have ever thought that three of our nine children would be, at least for right now, just for this year, right here in the same town, Gilbert, Arizona. So we've been here twice the last little while. We were here a week and a half ago for a really special occasion. One of our granddaughters going to our temple for the first time. Many of you know in the LDS church that there's churches, but there's also temples that are very special and sacred. And and for the first time, this granddaughter went. And so we came down for that. And now we're here again, just a week and a half later for a much more frivolous reason. (laughs) No, we're here for our family. But there is a national tennis tournament here that I played in. I say it in the past tense because I lost yesterday in the quarterfinals. (laughs) (laughs) quarterfinals. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's always good to have a goal. And uh, Richard loves tennis from day one. It has absolutely been crucial. What do you mean day one? Day I, one. I, I Come on, I started with, later in life. I think you came with that. Well, <laughs> high school, but still. Um, it's been a wonderful part of our lives. And not only playing tennis, not counting myself, <laughs> <laughs> Not a test, but uh, but it's also been fun to watch. And so, anyway, well, yes. Linda, you should know Linda's a great tennis fan, and we are every chance we get, and we sometimes get a chance because we're traveling for speaking or writing or something, and we go to the majors, we go to Wimbledon, we go to the French Open, we go to the U.S. Open, we even go to the Australian Open occasionally. And we, Linda is the world's well, greatest tennis fan. That was when we were traveling. She even goes to my life. matches, which are sometimes extremely boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anyway, off tennis and on to the Christmas season. We are in the midst of it. And um, in fact, I am ordering gifts online for grandchildren today and it's always fun to think about that what we should be thinking about at Christmas time and we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Absolutely we're going to talk about this is our week to talk about our gratitude journals as longtime listeners know we're really trying to perfect the art of keeping a gratitude journal and our little book Daily Thanks is what our guide is, and we wrote it more for ourselves than anyone else, I think. And and the only thing that distinguishes it from any other gratitude journal is that each month we try to take a little different slant, a little different facet of what gratitude is. And so we're not just always writing something we're grateful for. We're, we're putting it in categories, so to speak. And the category for... December, as you might guess, or as would be appropriate, is grace, tying the idea of gratitude to the idea of grace and and offering thanks in a special way that's connected to Christ and to Christmas. 
But before we get to that, honey, I just wanted to mention something. Um, we, we woke up today and we had an interesting day ahead of us because of the fact that I lost <laughs> in the quarterfinals the other day. So we thought today, had I won, we would spend the day playing tennis, Linda watching, cheering, <laughs> hoping, praying for her old husband out there trying to hit the ball. But since we don't have that today, we find ourselves a beautiful sunny day in Phoenix area with really not a lot we have to do. And with the opportunity to spend more time on relationships with our three kids who live here and maybe even doing some reading and just having a little time. And so I picked up a book in the airport the other day. I say picked it up. What I often do is go to the airport book stops and bookshops and look through the books. And then I just order them on my Kindle because we can't carry books around, right? Right. We quit buying books because we travel so much too heavy. But there's a, there's but thank a, goodness for phones and Kindles and uh, Audible and things that are make it so easy. But there is a, a little book, a small book called Small Things. I'll give you the rest of the title after the break. I don't think that's the full title. But it's, it's, a, it's an Irish tale. It's a story about Ireland. You don't know about this, honey. I'll just take a minute. But uh, it's a it's an Irish family, and it's very reflective and very interesting. And the central character is a man named Furlong, who has these five daughters and who is... Uh, he, he runs a coal shop in a little town in Ireland, coal and lumber, and it's wintertime and it's cold, so his business is flourishing. But he says one thing here I just wanted to mention because I just thought it was so fascinating. He, he's reflecting. He says, always it was the same, Furlong thought. Always they carried on mechanically without pause to whatever the next job was at hand. What would life be like, he wondered, if they were given time to think and reflect over things, might their lives be different or much the same, or would they just lose the run of themselves? Even while he'd been creaming the butter and sugar, he was working in the kitchen as he was thinking this, his mind was not so much upon the here and now. And on this Sunday, nearing Christmas with his wife and daughters, so around him, it was not so much on that as on tomorrow and who owed what, and how and when he'd deliver what was ordered, and what man he'd leave to which task, and how and where he'd collect what was owed. And before tomorrow was coming to an end, he knew his mind would already be working in much the same way, yet again, over the next day that was to follow. It's just such an oh, interesting way. Isn't that the way we are with our yeah. lives? Oh, my goodness. In fact, I was just saying today, okay, got to get... Got to get those gifts in the mail on the way because our family's spread across the world. We've got to do it. There's a deadline. We got to. And, but I do that every day. I was thinking that on my walk this morning. Um, why don't I just do things different? You know, think of some different, yeah, unique yeah. ways to do things instead of just doing the same things over and over again. Well, isn't it interesting that both of us today, because we didn't have to get up and run around and get ready and go to what we thought we were going to do. Sometimes it's days when something's canceled or you lose a match or you're, you don't have an appointment that you thought you did have. It's those little open spaces of time 
where we get our best thoughts and, and our best, you know, impulses. Yeah. And um, actually COVID supplied yeah. a lot yeah. of that. that. That's right. Um, I'm feeling lately kind of homesick for COVID and that sounds terrible, <laughs> but, um, but wow, you know, that little interim of time was so precious and a lot of things did happen during that time. Yeah. It wouldn't have yeah. happened otherwise because we were home and confined and so on. And you know, it's almost like God pushed the pause button for right. a few minutes. Except know? that we don't have children at home. Yeah, that true. is and very we're, different we're for those of you who still have children at home. But you know, again, I would just so I I wouldn't have started reading this book. I mean, we we live. Luckily, we're in a couple of book clubs, and many of you are. And I I love book clubs for the simple reason they they I, force is the wrong word, but they force you to read books. And we're reading things we might not otherwise read. And sometimes that's kind of the bane of this generation. We're working on some video messages with a couple of celebrities who reach young people, young families, young parents. And the reason we're working with them is because we know from the data that young people basically don't read books anymore. Most Mostly they, they get snatches of quick information and Boy, I wish we could find the time to do a little more reading. And I just, I just wanted to read one more passage from this little book I've started. So this guy's standing there reflecting on why don't I think more in the, in the now, in the present? Why am I always thinking of what I got to do tomorrow or what went wrong yesterday and so on? And then he, 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 he describes it so interestingly. He said it was, it was easy to understand. He's taught, he has five daughters. And they all look like their mother. They all have black hair. And so he starts observing and he's saying, it was easy to understand why women feared men with their physical strength and lust and social powers. He's thinking about his daughters who are growing up. But women with their canny intuitions were so much more frightening and so much deeper. They could predict what was to come long before it came. Dream it overnight and read your mind. He's just he's just thinking so many interesting That's thoughts. That's really but, interesting. But if we had more time to read and to think and to reflect, and we're in the last couple of weeks of this month of December, we're going to be going back to our three-letter lessons that many of you are familiar with, little words that we're trying to perfect our thinking on and use them as word pegs in our mind to to affect how we think and and, and change our behavior for the better. And I think the word we're going to do next week, honey, if it's okay with you, is now, N-O-W, the now, the moment, being in the moment and really seeing what's around us and appreciating it rather than always thinking into the future. So that's our little warm up for today, right? right. Now let's get to... And we just have a few minutes before the break, but we are going to be thinking a lot about grace for the second half of the show. And, you know, grace, when I was a child, I just thought of grace as something that Jesus gave us. Yeah, yeah. But it is so much more than, obviously, that's a bad way to say it. That's the best thing that he could possibly do for us. But but how can we develop grace? How can we uh, forgive people their mistakes and, and foibles and so on? And instead of being irritated by the way people are, just give them grace. Just give them a break. They've had a hard day or they've come through a different family, a different uh, whole set of values, 
it is so important to just think through people instead of look at them and make judgments. Yeah, that's really well said, honey. And and Grace, again, for our gratitude journals, we're in the second half of the show, we'll get to a specific challenge of a type of gratitude that we're going to concentrate on during December and that we hope you will. And of course it has to do with grace and with, in other words, instead of just saying, Hey, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. To say in December, I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful to Christ. This is the month of his birth and to direct our thanks to his grace. And so we'll take a little break for just a, a moment. And then when we come back, well, actually, we've got a minute or two. So let, let's read the first part of this little short poem or chapter and, and have you think about it for a moment during a break. And then we'll come back and work our way to this challenge that we're giving to ourselves and to you for the month of December. So here's a thought. Perhaps gratitude, grace, and joy all begin with beauty. Keats said, a thing of beauty is a joy forever. And then he upped the ante by saying, beauty is truth, truth, beauty. That is all we know on earth and that all you need to know. Let me just pause you there for a minute. I, I love Keats and I love his poetry, particularly when he writes about beauty. And it invites so much reflection. And this is what we're, this is what we're moving towards here in this challenge for December that a thing of beauty is a joy forever. I used to consult with a very interesting man in Salt Lake City named Obert Tanner, O.C. Tanner. And he was a wealthy businessman and a philanthropist. But his philosophy was, he said, there's so many good causes in the world. We could help the hungry. We could try to build new monuments. There's so many things to do. But for me, I'm interested in beauty. I will give to build beautification things, to build fountains, to build things that enrich the soul. That was his philosophy. And I'm not saying it's the best or the only one that a philanthropist can have, but it was so interesting to me to watch him from up close. And he would quote that very line from Keats, a thing of beauty is a joy forever. If I help the homeless today, that'll be great. But if I if I create something beauty beautiful, it will be a joy forever. Yeah, I think he, he was a really interesting man, um, Albert Tanner. We did a lot of, you did a lot of work with him, but in, I vicariously uh, got a chance to meet him and be with he and his wife. And it was really interesting that they believed in beauty and beautiful things around them. And it's true, you know, it is. Find and finding the little beauties that are around all of us. Right. Anyway, um, think about that for a moment. We'll pick up on that beauty aspect and work it into grace when we come back in just a moment. Hang on. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back talking today about one of the most important words that I think exists on earth grace it's a beautiful word uh we have a granddaughter named grace <laughs> yeah who happens to live happens right to in be, the house where we're have a lot of grace yes yeah where we are but um we were just talking about how important it is 
to think about beauty when we think about grace. And I had not really concentrated on that very much, but we have a son who is, uh, as a little child, was so conservative with his money. He wouldn't buy anything for anything. I mean, he just, he was a Scrooge. He just kept his money in his little bank and he knew there was going to be something that he was going to need and he was not going to spend it. I know what you're thinking of. And as he got older and grew up and got married, he realized that there are some beautiful things that inspire you. And even if they cost some money, that is worth having something beautiful to inspire you every day. And I think that all of us need to think a little bit more about beauty. Well, he also realized that the best things in life and the most beautiful things in life are free and that he could notice what he went out to see that day and and the beauty in nature and so on. And that he is a nature lover. And that leads to this really second quote that you read, honey. I mean, it's a real thought challenge. You know, beauty is truth truth beauty that is all ye know on earth and all ye need to know boy that's a challenging statement but let's let's go on and kind of flesh this in a little in the rant and rush of pushy life we need to find the moments to see beauty to sit peacefully and feel our thoughts and soak in the gratitude and grace and joy. Gratitude and grace go together, not only in their alliteration, but in their root. Both come from the Latin gratia, meaning grace, graciousness, or gratefulness. Isn't that interesting that that we, we talk about gratitude so much, especially at the Thanksgiving season and so on, but... It's interesting that gratitude and grace are twins. I mean, they they come from the same root word. And without gratitude, we don't recognize grace. And without the grace of God, we don't fully understand or even have an uh, even have someone to give our, our gratitude to. Right, exactly. Grace is the ultimate gratitude to the ultimate giver. It If thanks just lies there naked and inert, it will probably fossilize and turn hard and brittle. By itself, it's unconnected and spinning in its own lonely orbit. But it needs to be applied to something and extended to someone. So think about that. I mean, again, we're trying to get deeper into gratitude in these gratitude journals. And and if, if, if it's just something you're grateful for, just a thing, it is it is naked and inert, but it's it's on its own lonely orbit, as the poem says. But if it's applied to something in a in a powerful way and extended to someone, to God, to the giver of grace, to Christ at this Christmas time, then it becomes alive and it begins to be a real thing that affects how we think and, and how we live. So going on to say I'm thankful is an observation and that's a good thing but to point and say i'm thankful for that blessing and to let a little place in you turn warm and quiver a bit with the beauty of it that is thankfulness with an object still without a recipient or a subject the thanks is sterile and undirected 
destined to fly onward through space without an end or destination, a circuit without a current, an expression without a connection. This is really good, honey. I, I do have to tell you all that Richard, this is poetry for Well, no, just don't. He don't, is don't, so don't good about this. Well, they're going to be saying, wait a minute, who's saying all this? You need to know that this comes from his heart. It really is amazing. Well, but I think it's it's an obvious thought, but it's just one we have to think of more, that we need an object and a subject. We need to focus on the thing we're grateful for and then focus on who gave it to us. So that's listed to this new level. So to go on, but to say, I'm thankful to the giver completes that circuit and turns on the light. I like that yeah, like electricity good. example. You know, if you're, if, if you, even if you're really grateful for something, but if there's no recipient, if you're not giving that gratitude to someone, it's like a circuit without a current. It, it goes on and on, but it never gets anywhere, turns anything on or lights a lamp or, or produces heat. But to say I'm thankful to the giver completes the circuit, turns on the light, especially if the giver is God and the light is his spirit. Now we get to Christmas. So listen to this part. Christmas, the wave of beauty and peace, the celebration of the birth of stunning sacrifice. We are as a tiny naked babe staring up and trying to grasp the grandeur of his grace. So there's where this deep, kind of awesome humility comes into the, the picture where we're, we're imagining the awesomeness of the giver and our own smallness in his presence. So then you get into the, the beauty of these words. So carrying on gracefulness. It's three words, gracefulness, gracefulness, amazing grace, Beyond amazing, grace is miraculously mysterious because it is the magic of one spirit's singular perfection. One spirit, only one who reached perfection and therefore was able to sacrifice for us, overcoming the vast imperfections of the other billions. We can't comprehend it but we can appreciate it and be awed by it. And peace sometimes interprets itself within us, changing us, transforming us, gradually gifting grace until we become graceful and grateful. A beauty from within. I really love that. I mean, so often... My kids say, I say amazing too, too often. And I do, you know, this, or amazing, awesome. this is amazing or awesome. Amazing or awesome. You're amazing, amazing. But it is a word that really expresses how you feel in superlatives about something. Amazing Grace is one of my favorite songs yeah, because it, it, is. Is, it is amazing beyond, I mean, words really can't express how grateful we are for that but amazing is a pretty good word with grace and it's just almost a word that even though we love its beauty we can't fully understand it because we can't comprehend god but we can be awed by it and then and you're right linda that awesomeness and that that incredible amazingness of it um, i love we all love the the song amazing grace but it changes us and then this this beautiful word grace comes in again and again, graceful. 
full of grace is graceful. And people possess that sometimes, and you see it in their countenance, you see it in their face. We were at this tennis tournament the other day, Linda, you were noticing a couple of people there who their their face just radiated a certain wisdom and grace. And yes. It's fun when you see that. Yeah, he was the number one tennis player for your age bracket in the world. And there's something about his face. I mean, not because he played tennis, but, <laughs> but I mean, part of it probably came from that. But um, something was beautiful about his face, even though he, he was old. But you could tell so much had gone into that face. And I do think sometimes that's inspiring to just uh, just look at people. I'm sitting by a woman who, interestingly, uh, was graceful. I mean, you know, when you think of being graceful, you don't think about it really being connected to grace, but it is. Well, yeah, because you can almost use the two words interchangeably. Grateful is the same as graceful. It's, they're both, Not exactly the same, but both yeah. Full, but but so related, yeah. you yeah. know. So going on, and then we'll get to this challenge that we're giving ourselves and you for our gratitude journals. Gratitude plays a place in the transformation, growing, gathering perspective and awareness, deepening and permeating, and in a way overwhelming us into realizing that it is actually too big for mere appreciation to comprehend. In other words, this is when we get into grace, it sort of goes beyond gratitude. Yes, so big. Evolving, elevating, energizing, a progressing process whereby gratitude turns to awe and finally to grace. So think of that progression, gratitude and directing it to God and letting it well within you until it turns into awe, this wonderful A-W-E, the awe, and then finally matures fully and turns into grace. And we emerge amazed and awestruck and saved. Gratitude beyond gratitude is so true. And the biblical Paul, Paul the Apostle, taught us, and this is a, in, in the context we're talking about now, this is such a meaningful phrase by Paul, it is by grace we are saved after all we can do. Well, that's really good to think about, I think. It is just so amazing uh, how uh, how important it is to turn to that, thinking about grace at Christmas, instead of the hustle bustle and all the stuff that needs to happen in gingerbread houses and, and cookies and all that, which we're going to experience this afternoon. But it really is so important to think about the real meaning of Christmas, which is the grace that it brought to the world. So here's our challenge for you in your gratitude journal during the month of December. However you pray during this month of December, add more Thanksgiving and tie it into grace and try to think of five new things each night, not just general things you're thankful for, but things you want to thank God for in a prayer. And in your book, for the, the rest of December, in your journal, keep a list of those five things that you think of each day, not just thoughts you had about gratitude, 
but things you literally thank the giver of grace for. And, and you know, you, you're we're already into December, and if you have don't listen to this for another week, you can still do it. Still do it <laughs> up until the new year. It would be really good to think about what you're grateful for. Just five things every day, and that's the final challenge. That's what we're getting up to. Is that what we're going to do on New Year's Eve instead of? having too big of a party or hitting on pans, although we are having a family party on New Year's Eve. <laughs> but at some point when the din settles down and where we're maybe outside or in looking at the snow in Park City where we live, we're going to do an inventory of the five things we wrote down each day and kind of close the year out on a note of gratitude and of grace. And then we're going to move on to the next year. And on the podcast next week or the possibly the week after, but sometime before the end of the month, we would like the opportunity to each reveal to you, you podcast listeners, what our word is for 2023. We like to each choose a word, just a single word that's going to be our guide or our sort of focal point or our mantra, if you will, for the coming year. And so we haven't outlined it for sure, but one of the next two weeks, we're going to talk about choosing a word for 2023. And we'll tell you what ours are, and we'll challenge you to choose one too. So the gratitude is looking back to 2022. The the choice of one word to guide us is looking forward to 2023. Right. So we hope that you'll join us then. And in the meantime, we hope you're having a wonderful, graceful Christmas season and a grateful Christmas season. We really appreciate your hanging with us today, and we hope to see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye for now. Bye.